Hello, welcome to Moms Changing the World. This is your host, Akua Walker, Child Development Nurse Practitioner and CEO, Chief Encouragement Officer, introducing the new podcast, which is the place for moms to find encouragement, hope, and inspiration, where we're supporting moms in the trenches of motherhood. You will receive practical tips and strategies to address the developmental needs of your children with a positive parenting perspective in mind. Here at Moms Changing the World, we are moms on the journey of changing the world, one child at a time, one day at a time. Welcome back to Moms Changing the World. Akua here with uh, a special episode that we have because we were able to interview uh, author, educator, and mom, Janae Brownwood. And uh, if you haven't listened to her interviews yet, my interviews with her, take a minute and you know, do that to hear more about her mom's you know, journey and story and how she's impacting the world in, in really precious, precious, powerful ways. And so we thought it would be special to spend a little bit more focused time talking about children's books and children's literacy and sharing some of uh, her books that she's um, added to the library, as well as some of the ones that I have in my home and give moms and and dads an idea of some of the books that we can pull out uh, to talk about uh, diversity and that have brown and black children um, all around the world living life in really beautiful and special ways. So welcome back, Janae. Thank you for being able to do this with us. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Wonderful. I thought maybe we could start with um, you just sharing a little bit about how you came to be an author. Yeah, I actually, I always loved writing, though I did not love reading. I just loved writing, whether it was poetry or stories. I would often write stories with myself as the protagonist. So in the interview, I know I mentioned Detective Janae. That was one of the stories I would write. And I, I, I was like a detective in solving crimes. I also wrote uh, uh, picture books <laughs> and, and illustrated them too. They were called Taylor the Tyrannosaurus Rex. And so I had a little, my little sister's name was uh, Taylor and it was actually (laughs) based somewhat on her. And so I wrote those and illustrated them. I think I did three different ones as a kid. I think that was in sixth grade, sixth and sixth and seventh grade maybe. And what's really funny is not only did I know I enjoyed writing, but my teacher saw something in me. Matter of fact, my um, sixth grade teacher, her name was Miss, her name is Miss Welch. She used to write these um, predictions for her outgoing sixth graders who were moving to the next school, next grade. And some of them were like silly and some, but they were all basically pulled from what she came to know about us. And mine, it started off as like, best-selling author Janae Brown has done it again and this was in sixth grade and um and so that just speaks to how I had always had an interest in writing Um, and so then I you know continued to write finished school 
And then after undergrad is when I decided, you know what, I'm going to actually try to do this, this writing thing, um, at least on the side as a, a hobby. So then I, I started writing more and then getting engaged with different um, resources that support and help writers. And, um, and then Imani's Moon, which is my first book, um, uh, a woman who was in a critique group with me told me about this contest. And she was like, I think you should submit this. And I was like, okay, let me just try it out. And that's mm-hmm. actually how I got my first book contract. I won that, uh, that contest and the prize was a contract. And so then I got that contract, the book was published and I, I was still in contact with the editor for that book. And I was like, hey, I got others, you interested? And she's like, oh, send what you got. And that's how Grandma's Tiny House got a contract. Um, and so now I... I have those two that are out. Um, and then I've got at this moment contracts for eight more books coming out between um, next year and 2023. So it's, it's really going to be interesting to see what continues to happen with my career. Cause it's such a passion of mine. I love it. I love engaging children with my books. So that's kind of, that's how I kind of came to be a writer, I guess, and how leading me up to now and not knowing what the future holds, but very excited about it. No, it's great story. I think my uh, connection with literacy happened, of course, you know, loving children's books and loving to read as I grew up. I also loved health and, you know, was uh, after undergraduate in the Bay Area at Stanford, I was at a place in my life where I was really torn. I didn't know kind of, you know, what I wanted to, to be when I grew up, oh, yeah. but I knew I needed a, a pause um, in the kind of, you know, I had my undergraduate degree and I was on the path. I was going to be a doctor and I had all these different ideas of what I was going to do and be, yeah. but I had other interests as well. Like I, I liked the idea of teaching and being a, a, a like a school teacher, an elementary school teacher, and I thought maybe well maybe maybe there's something to that that I need to explore as well. So I was in AmeriCorps um, through a, an organization called Partners in School Innovation, mm-hmm. and through that two-year AmeriCorps kind of service time, I was at the same school in Redwood City, not too far from where I had gone to school. But it was like a whole new world of being on a school campus, um, surrounded by teachers and children, all just discovering learning and and the excitement of kind of the education process. And so much happens Mm -hmm. at school Mm -hmm. in addition to, you know, to the the learning, the ABCs and one, two, threes, you know, so much social development and relationships. And I just came to appreciate uh, what a world, you know, the, the education, like the elementary school campus could be. And then my specific role was as actually to support the literacy coach. And so, oh. um, yeah, rather than uh, take the responsibility that I didn't feel I was ready for to actually teach my own class, but I was able to be in the school environment and, and have an impact by supporting the literacy coach as she worked with children. And then she supported the teachers around um, how to do interventions and how to just especially serve their children when it came to literacy and, um, you know, acquisition. So 
that was a, oh, a, a special, that. yeah, that was a chance that I got to, to delve into that world in a, a really special way. And that meant that I could be the one that came to the classroom to read stories. And I did choose to read stories often that had to do with my own culture and heritage. You know, being from Ghana myself, I um, took it as an opportunity to share in little ways what I could and what I knew about my uh, my heritage and the yeah. book was an easy vehicle to do that yep yep yeah good Absolutely. so then why don't you start with the first you know book recommendation uh, maybe your first book and um you know what it adds to um, the journey of, of uh, the conversation right now around teaching empathy and kindness and talking about uh difference and diversity um so uh right yeah so imani's moon um so that it's a book about uh, a small girl who's just teased and teased and it affects her self-esteem, but she has this warm, loving mother who through storytelling helps to sort of inspire her and lift her spirits. And so she sets this impossible goal and she fails and she fails. And finally she, she reaches that goal. And so the story really is very much about perseverance about how tasks might seem impossible, but if you just keep working at it, it's, it's, they're attainable, right? So what I, I like about that book is when I read it to children and with children, it, it opens up the opportunity for lots of conversations. So the conversations can range from um, Africa. Where is Africa? And we're, because it's actually the setting is um, Maasai's uh, or Imani is a young Maasai girl. So um, Tanzania, Kenya. So we talk about what is Africa. We talk about things like oral tradition and storytelling and some cultural aspects related to where Imani was from. But then we also talk about things like bullying. I know often when I read the book, I'll ask kids, is that nice what, what they're saying to her? And they'll say no. And I say, if someone's doing that all the time, what's it called? And we'll label it and we'll talk about, well, what do we do when people are bullying? If you see someone bullying someone, what do you do? So we talk about that and also things like perseverance and how we have challenges in our lives, but we just keep working and pushing through them. So Imani's Moon allows for all these really great uh, conversations to happen. And so um, especially ones related to like when we're talking about social skills and conflict resolution and bullying, it's, it's a great way to, you know, um, introduce that topic and, and, and um, expand children's understandings about it. So, yeah. so that's the first one, Imani's Moon. Yeah. Um, and 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 you have a, a three-year-old daughter. I do. Yes. How does she like Amani's moon? You know, <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, the ones who are closest to us tend to be our biggest critics. <laughs> what? My feelings aren't hurt. No, actually, um, I just read it to her. One thing I will say is I try not to like bombard her with just my work. Of you course, know? of course. Because... Um, I just don't want to be like, again, grandma's coming up. But I did. I, I picked this one up and I, I read it to her, yeah, I think about two days ago. And what was it that she said? Because um, she was asking me questions as we were reading it. Um, I, think, I think she didn't like the bullying piece. Sure. And so 
you know, again, that opens up this conversation about, well, let's talk about this. Let's talk about nice words, mean words, right? Mm -hmm. So um, we don't read that one as much together, but <laughs> but Grandma's Tiny House, we do read a little bit more. Um, and I will say for Imani's Moon, it's actually, it's a much longer text. Um, generally for younger children, picture books tend to be a little shorter, but Imani's Moon is more for your kids who are kind of, you could say eight to 12 mm. or even sort of six to 12. It's a longer mm -hmm. text. It's, mm -hmm. So um, that could also be a reason why she's not as much enjoying it as she might grandma's tiny house, which is a shorter text. Sure. So, you know, it's just everybody, <laughs> everybody is a critic. And that is something I learned about being in, um, in children's literature, because one of the things that it's like you wait for them, but you wait for them biting your nails, which are reviews from yes, others. Yes. And because, you know, each book, it feels like you're putting a baby out. Here's Stepping something I've put so much into. Yes. And let's see how the world will receive it. And sometimes those reviews hurt, you know, but it helps you throw, grow a thicker skin. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I'm sure there are um, pearls that come along the way that you can put into your next story to make absolutely. it even better. Yeah. 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 Really. And speaking of grandma's, Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, and I, I try to be a candid person when I'm talking anyway. It doesn't, I said that about like, I try to be candid with Vivian at a developmentally appropriate level. And I try to be candid with others too. And, you know, I'm, I'm a human and I just feel like <laughs> when I talk about the experiences I have in children's literature, I try to be honest about it. And so including that Vivian, that Imani's moon is not a preference of Vivian's, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. And she has a whole lifetime to enjoy it and grow with exactly. it. Right. Yeah. She'll come to, to, to appreciate, <laughs> to appreciate it. Later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and even then, as an adult, I think they like some like children's books are still my favorite, you know, I think there's just yes. something really like magical about simple stories and the beautiful sure. illustrations. So yes. Um, yeah, so now I get to share them with my own children. And yeah, the name Amani is special to our family because we have a, a, a young, you know, Kenyan girl, uh, Kenyan American girl that we know who um, has that name. And she's yes. one of our, our dear family friends. And so when we saw the title, we were like, wow. <laughs> we were even able to, you know, share it with her recently. So yeah, no, and I try to be intentional with that book because, you know, Imani Swahili for faith, right? And mm. so this book is so much about having faith in yourself, perseverance, you can do it. Um, but even the animal names, I tried to find Swahili words mm -hmm. for those animal names and that's you know so again try to be intentional in some of those cultural pieces in that book yeah okay. and, uh, mm -hmm. and then grandma's tiny house is actually pulled it almost feels like an autobiography it's pulled directly from experiences with my family so my dad um, had 13 siblings so 14 wow. total including him and so we had i grew up with this massive family because you know my aunts and uncles, and then they got kids, some of their kids got kids. So it's just, that was my experience. And for Thanksgiving, we would go over my grandma's house and her house was not a big house and we would pile in there and it was just overflowing with good food and love and conversation and silliness. And, and that was the inspiration for that book. So, and then again, I can't separate myself from being an educator 
the counting, and not only is it a counting book, but it counts to 15. And so often when you see counting books, they, you know, go to 10. And Mm -hmm. I just thought, you know, numbers like 11, 12, 13, they're trickier because it's not like 16, 17, right? There's, it's, it's not as, as connected to like the, the um, lower numbers, right? And so helping children, finding a way to help children practice with some of those numbers, I thought this mm-hmm. is a great opportunity. So that's why I had it go all the way up to 15 instead of 10. Yeah, yeah. And that did stand out to me because, yeah, books either will go to 10 or 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most of them go to 10. So I thought yep. that was cool that it, it did go a little bit beyond. Yeah. 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 Wonderful. Good. So then as far as, you know, speaking of the Kenya connection, one book that I, we love in our house and I love to share to the reader, to the audience would be uh, Mama Panya's Pancakes, a village tale from Kenya written by Mary and Rich Chamberlain, uh, illustrated by Julia Cairns. And uh, if you haven't uh, heard the story, it's a really lovely um, story about a, a simple uh, idea that a little boy has to have a, a pancake meal. And it starts off with just you know him and his mom, but as they gather the ingredients for it, uh, you see how his generosity um, exp- extends to all the neighbors and friends. And mama, in the meanwhile, is worried about how much this is all going to cost. But you uh, you soon come to see that with, if, with everybody pitching in and, and sharing, um, into the meal, you have more than enough uh, in the end. And so okay. that's one of the, yeah, one of the uh, Kenya connection books that I wanted to share and, yeah. uh, a, a, you know, a cute um, memory that we have with this story too, is we actually found our, our second daughter's name in it. So yeah, yeah, we, we enjoy that. Good. Yes. So is, uh, are there other books that you wanted to share? Absolutely. And actually I want to, Kind of give a little information before I do. So um, as a an author and an educator and all that, I am often talking about diverse books and the importance of diverse books. And so um, there is a, a scholar in uh, the field related to children's literature named Dr. Rudine Sims Bishop. I think I got that correct. And she came up with this idea of... Um, that books are mirrors, windows, and sliding glass doors. Mm. And so mirrors, again, you know, reflect your life back to you in this validating way. Windows help you to peer into the lives and experiences of others that might not share, you know, the same background or experiences as you. And then sliding glass doors, you can almost think of it as stepping into those other experiences. And I bring this up because this all speaks to why children need diverse books. So the um, some of the books that I picked to share here, they include you know titles that have uh, black protagonists, but I also wanted to include some other diversity as well because through these books you're able to you know just like I was saying before you're you're able to. Experience someone else's life, experience someone else's traditions or cultures, see what's different, but then also start to really think about similarities you have. And, and I'm going to use one more example from Grandma's Tiny House before I share um, yeah. some of my picks. 
Grandma's Tiny House, it's written about my family. We're African-American. We're talking about our Thanksgiving and the foods that we would bring together. But so often I get people contact me. Matter of fact, just last week, someone contacted me and they, they weren't African-American, right? And they were like, oh my gosh, this is just like what we would do at my, you know, nanny's house or my grandma's house or, Mm -hmm. but we would bring this and da, da, da. And so again, here's an example of a mirror for me, a window for someone else, but we were able to, to look at our commonalities, our similarities. And so talk about powerful ways to help bring down some walls and allow for um, people to feel more compassion with each other um, through these, these similarities and, and, you know, ultimately, hopefully decrease things like bias and prejudice because of it. So anyway, that was a long way of me saying the books that I'm offering um, have a, a range of uh, protagonists beyond just black, but I will start with African-American characters and a few that I really like. Um, so Thank you, uh, thank you, Amu. This one, mm-hmm. um, I, the it's the author illustrators Ogemora. I hope I say that said that correctly. And that is a book that both me and Vivian thoroughly enjoy. It's a book that's centered around Amu, uh, this um, elderly lady in the community making this rich, thick soup and people are smelling it as it wafts down the neighborhood and coming. And what is that you got? You know, and she shares and shares until there's no more. And what happens in the end is just so beautiful. So I just, that's one, a book that I especially um, recommend. Um, And, and what's nice. I was going to just say, we, I heard that story around Thanksgiving time. I was on a field trip with my younger daughter's class uh, to the Children's Discovery Museum. Um, we live in the Bay Area, so San Jose was the museum. And that was the story that they read in their kind of reading hour uh, book. And I had not heard it before, and I loved it. It's so good. It's so good. And I should say, I have a little bit of a theater background. <laughs> not a lot, but <laughs> so when I read it to Vivian, I've got like the voices and I got like, you know, accents and I add yes. my flair to it. Yes. It's just, it's fun to read. It's fun to um, experience. And then you just can just imagine the smell of that thick red soup. And mm-hmm. so that's one that I especially, I especially recommend. Another one is look up rocket says look up i mentioned this one um in the interview and so it's about this you know little black girl and she's into space and it mentions um may jemison and so she shares with the community about this meteor shower that's going to happen and gets everybody excited and connects with her older adolescent brother and so that one i really really like too and i share that one with vivian because you know it's stem based it's talking about science it allows and space. It allows us to talk um, talk about other space-related concepts. And, and Vivian actually enjoys space, so it's something that's of interest to her. So that's one. As well as I want to share another one that's down this stem line, um, and it's called Layla and the Bots. I don't know if you know mm-hmm. this one, yeah. Layla and the Bots. And I believe the author is Vicki Fang, I think her name is. Mm-hmm. And so this isn't a picture book. It's more of like an early reader. But um, Layla is this little black girl and she's built these bots. Let me see if I remember their names. I think it's like Beep, Bop, and Boop. And so she <laughs> 
these little robots and each of them have a specialty, like one of them codes and one of them builds. And so basically she uses these little bots and problem solving to, to solve different problems in her community. And that one I love because again, STEM based, it's a little black girl as a protagonist. She's an engineer and it's the, the, story is delightful as well as the illustrations. So that's an, another really good one to check out. So look, Rocket says look up and Layla and the bots. I like that. I like that. On the kind of personal connection front, I, I like how you, you know, in the interview previously, you had talked about something going on in your like real life that you could connect the, the stories to. And I love how books can be that thread you know, or can be that springboard, that launching pad for talking about everyday things and everyday life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I can pitch in some stories that have that everyday life connection in in our home because my mom is a children's book author as well. And I, she was my first interview for Moms Changing the World. So if you haven't checked that one out, (laughs) yes, make sure to go back and uh, listen to that where we touch in on it a little bit. But um, her children's book is called My Sister, My Friend, Growing Up with My Sister in West Africa, uh, written by Sophia Blankson. And it's illustrated by my cousin, her niece. And so it's a lovely just kind of remembrance of what it was like for her to grow up with her sister, who's very close in age, my aunt. And the kind of personal connection is I too. You know, my sister is 18 months younger than myself. And so any time or often if there is a conflict or if there's things that come up and I have two girls as well, you know, the, the tradition, you know, continues and uh, who are close in age. And so, you know, when there's conflicts or when they're struggling a little bit, I love that I can pull out this book yes. about my, uh, you know, semi-autobiographical, you know, for my grandma or for their grandmother, right. Telling stories about things that they're doing, you know, here uh, in our, you know, in, as they're growing up with sisterhood as the you know, special theme in there and sibling conflict can be one of those things. And um, I, we haven't pulled it out recently, but um, you know, I, I, I keep it on, on my, you know, my kind of my back pocket, you yeah. know, for when we do have a need to talk a little bit about that, that connection uh, of sisterhood. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. love it. And my mom has also written more of a reflection and poetry book. Um, oh, cool. That's for, I would say, yeah, older uh, children or adults. And that one is called A Tribute to My Mother, Reflections on Life, Love, and Loss, also by Sophia Blankson. And so um, those are a couple that I wanted to share for the kind of the personal connection piece. Yeah, I love that. I actually, that's a great segue to the next book I want to I share. So this book is called um, Thank You. Poems of Gratitude. You said your mom had written some poems. And so this is actually a a poetry anthology that I'm included in. Um, And it's such a beautiful book because it's got this diverse cast of authors. And the illustrator is a Native American or American Indian indigenous person. She illustrated this. Mm -hmm. And so I love this book because it's, it's, poems of gratitude, but it's more than just like Thanksgiving, you know, it's actually 
um, gratitude for mundane things or something related to nature or something like that. So this one's a really good one. And what's great um, at the end, it includes um, a little bit of information about each of the poetic forms. So Mm -hmm. then children can read about what it is and then try it out themselves. So my, my poem is an ode. It's an ode to mm. the falling leaves. And then so in the end, it talks about this is what an ode is, you know, try it out. Mm. I like this one. And that helps me kind of introduce um, uh, another book that I like. And this one is called um, We Are Grateful. And it's mm. by Tracy Sor- uh, Sorrell. I, I think it's Sorrell. Um, and it's it's also about indigenous people. And it mm. talks about some aspects of their culture and it's beautiful and again talking about things to be grateful of and and having those conversations with children about you know what are some things that you have that you're grateful of and why and so um the thank you and this book are some really beautiful books uh to add to your your um, collection especially as you're expanding diversity um yeah i I really Really like those. I appreciate one is about poetry. I definitely going to add that to my list because, um, you know, we sometimes books are written in kind of a poetic form or like they have the, yeah. you know, the, those rhymes and those patterns, but we don't necessarily point that out <clears throat> to our children. And so what's interesting about, you know, that, that book you just shared is that it does highlight, you know, the different types of poetry and then mm-hmm. gives kids some ideas of how they might try it. Absolutely. That's that's great. And I mean, for moms who might be thinking like, what am I going to have my child do, you know, during this pandemic? Well, why not some poetry Poetry, introducing them to, and you know, poetry for me, I I said in the other interview, how it's a way I cope. It's something I do to help me cope. And perhaps introducing that to children could be giving them Mm. a coping strategy. That's right. That they'll use lifelong. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I think the next one I wanted to share connects with interests that my girls have. Mm-hmm. So um, Debbie Allen actually um, has a book called Dancing in the Wings. Pictures are by Kadir Nelson, who's a favorite illustrator of, I think, both of ours. Yes. And, yes, yes. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, it kind of reminds me a little bit of your uh, Amani's Moon Story theme and that, you know, they, as a little ballerina, she is the tallest and longest, leanest of the girls in her class. And yes. so there's some of that, you know, kind of teasing. And, you know, when there's differences, it's easy for people to pick on those as, uh, in a, you know, to make fun of it. And it can feel like a, a deficit. And then in the end of, uh, as you see, you, the story comes around and those are actually, you know, the attributes that contribute to her success as a dancer. And oh, so yes. it's a, a lovely journey of you know, written by uh, one of, you know, America's, you know, treasured uh, dancers herself, Debbie Allen. And um, I think she dedicates it to her daughter as well. So oh, it's um, another kind of mother story, a uh, story from a mother's heart, but it, it ties in nicely with what my girls love to do, which is dance. And yeah. so they really love pulling this one out and enjoying that story. Oh, that one sounds lovely. That sounds so lovely. I I actually haven't had a chance to read that, but I'm definitely going to grab that one and read it. Yeah, thanks for that one. Well, staying on the idea of topics and interests of of children, 
there is this series that I like, and it's a it's a diverse series. And you might you might have seen them. <clears throat> the first one was Ada Twist Scientist, and mm-hmm. so thereby um, Andrea Beattie. This here's some other ones. Okay. So Ada Twist, she's yeah. a little young African American girl, and she's a scientist. And then this one is um, Sophia Valdez, Future Prez. Right. And then there's Iggy Peck, architect, and oh, then oh, um, the engineer Rose. I think Rosie Revere, engineer, exactly. something like that. Uh-huh. Yes, we have that, that one. Okay. I think Ro- Rosie Revere, engineer, mm-hmm. and I enjoy these ones because mm-hmm. there's a wide variety of topics, right? Politics, architecture, science, um, engineering, and they're each diverse children, right? Sophia, mm-hmm. Hispanic. Um, I think Iggy, uh, I think he, he might be Caucasian, um, as is uh, uh, Rosie, Rosie and then Ada, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just enjoy these ones because they're very much about problem solving for these children and um, they're mm-hmm. written in rhyme and it's fun to read. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I believe actually Andrea Beattie has some other books that are related to these with activities that you can do with kids. Oh, nice. So again, some other things to think about to keeping kids interested and um, occupied during this time while tying it, exa- exactly mm-hmm. tying it to literature. That's so great. yeah, I like yeah. those. That one reminds me of, you know, seeing little <clears throat> girls doing um, important, amazing things, not limiting what they can do, but really just, you know, showing them that they can be engineers, they can be, you know, the architects, they can be, you know, all the different things that they see in the books. And so the next book that I'll share is Little Leaders, Bold Women in Black History. Oh, yes. I'm familiar with that one. Yes, another, uh, it was actually a gift given to us by a childhood friend of mine who has uh, also become a neighbor. And uh, Vashti Harrison, is the beautiful illustrator of these books. <sighs> yes. <laughs> yes. I, I'm always so impressed by, you know, seeing the illustrators work uh, expressed in different books and themes in our house and in the libraries of, of books that we get. But yeah, what's nice about the Little Leaders um, is that it highlights women from all different backgrounds, but many of them are African-American as well, yeah. who have uh, contributed to the um, the world in, in bold ways as the title suggests bold women yeah. in black history um yes. and you know may jemison i think you mentioned earlier is right on the cover mm-hmm. of this one mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so it uh yeah i love that you know my daughters can see um you know what what black women have contributed you know to american um, and, and global you know endeavors yes no, that one's that one's a lovely one, and you know it's got some of the history too, and and it can be again conversation starters or even just research topic starters for children. As you're here's a person, hey, you want to know more, and then give them you know the opportunity to to do some exploration. So I really like those, and and um, the, this idea of some some black history as well as sort of juxtapose on what's happening now. My next recommendation is The Undefeated. And actually, Mm. uh, Kadir Nelson, (laughs) we were just talking about him. (laughs) He is the illustrator and Kwame Alexander Mm. is the Mm. author. And Kwame Alexander is, you know, 
prolific and just such a wonderful writer. And this is sort of like a poem and this, it feels again, like an ode to, to mm-hmm. black people and African Americans. And the artwork is just beautiful. And, and I mean, you know, pairing it with something like little leaders and then reading this one as a way to help pick, pick up young black children, lift them so that they are reminded that, oh, wait, you know, our history is more than just this. It includes these other things, right? These amazing things that have um, impacted America and the world. So I like this one. And then another one that I really like, this one is, um, it's called Planting Stories, The Life of Librarian and Storyteller Puda Belpri. And I really like this one too, because this is about a woman. Uh, she's a, I believe, a, of uh, Hispanic Latino descent. And this work she does related to literacy and telling mm. stories and planting seeds and the impact that she's had, especially with sharing her voice and her stories with, um, with children. And uh, so here again is another example of a woman getting out there, in this case, using literacy as well to positively affect the world. Um, And so this one I like, and Vivian really likes this one too. We read this one sometimes. So this is a great one. And I should say that the um, author is Annika Aldemoy Denise, and the illustrator is Paola Escobar. Um, And so this is a really good one too. I love that. Yeah. As we're winding down, I'm curious, you know, what you would say to the the person or the, you know, maybe the, the critic who would say, you know, why should Black children read stories about other Black children? Or why should that be, you know, the, like, why is, should that even be important? Children should be reading stories about all children. And it shouldn't matter, you know, what color their skin tone is. Why is this even important? What would you say to that? Yeah, I would go back to this idea of stories are these mirrors, windows, and sliding glass doors. I just think that that is so applicable. And one way that we can build compassion with others is, again, to think about some of the things we share. And hearing stories that are similar to yours, as well as stories that are different than yours, are this stepping stool, right? This stepping um, stone toward building this compassion. And, and I just think that, that stories are, are a way to really help with that. And this is why it's important for us to hear what other people are going through. Um, let me use this example. And this is, I guess, this is kind of a, a timely example when we think about pr- police brutality, right? Within the uh, African-American community, we were well aware of it. We live it, right? When, uh, for so many, when you see police coming by, it's not a, um, you know, for some, it's not a, this person, this entity is here to save me or to protect me, but it might be like, I should probably watch what I'm doing for my own protections because I don't know their intentions, right? Now, I bring this up because the African-American community, we, like I said, we knew about police brutality. We knew about some of these wrongs that we're facing. But now that we have this way of capturing it um, and posting it so others can see it, basically we're taking this narrative and we're sharing it with others. We're allowing mm-hmm. them to now take a glimpse into our existence, 
This, the, in this case, it's that window and even this sliding glass door of this is what we experience on a regular. And so the, vid, the video images of, you know, George Floyd and his life being taken away in front of all these people and them seeing it from, you know, the beginning and that he didn't do anything except for, you know, being a black man in America. And for us to be able to now show this story then helps others to start being like, wow, there really, there is an issue. And so you see protesters took to the street are still in the street fighting about this. So I bring this up again. It's like this idea of like, here, here is a, an a, a opportunity for a window and look at the impact that it has made. Right. I just think about within our countries, some of the statues and things, Confederate flags, et cetera, being taken down names of football teams that had these sort of racist tropes or um, racist histories being um, modified, let's say updated, basically. Um, I, I really feel like this is tied to using narratives to show our experience in a way to move us forward. And I believe books can also do that as well. Um, and so there's some really great, we didn't talk about novels as much or young adult mm, books, yeah. but there are some that are, that are doing that, like Angie Thomas's work, Nick Stone. Mm. Like there's these really important ones. I think this new one just came out. I haven't read it yet. Um, I think it's called This Is My America. So these are, again, um, opportunities to provide mirrors for the black community, windows and sliding glass doors for others to really get this glimpse of, of our experience because we need allies. We need to support each other across the lines for, for progress. So I guess that's the long answer I would give to someone who, who says, why do you need this? Um, because if we want a better tomorrow, this is one of the ways to help with that. Yeah, that is so well said. That is so well said. There's so much uh, happening right now um, that's been happening all along uh, since kind of the birth of this this country. And it's built, right. It's, this country is built on that. Exactly. And it's kind of as it's talked about, almost the original sin that's never been dealt with. And so now it's manifesting, you know, in the generations, it's manifested in different ways. And so um, this is this is kind of our, our time to... To, t- to tackle what should have been tackled a long time ago, but is still kind of rearing its head. And I thank you for reminding us that even for even as young as a child can be, mm-hmm. they can still have experiences that reflect, you know, who they are, their worlds, their experience, and provide a, a glimpse, a way for them to access maybe something they had no idea about or mm-hmm. had no way of, or reason for knowing. Um, and, and that can be the bridge. That can be the yeah. way that it, it it allows some healing to happen. And our children, I, I you know, my prayer is that our children will do so much better than yeah. we ever did because of these experiences that they're having and because we have these stories, these books, these ways of, of passing to them the legacy, the heritage, the celebrations, and the lessons learned, right, through the, some of the pain and the struggle so that we can all end up, you know, with a better world that that we want to live in. Exactly. I mean, it's the youth that's going to continue to help us progress. I mean, Mm -hmm. the youth and young people are the ones taken to the streets, right? And so it starts young, this building of empathy, 
being able to understand other people's experiences or at least put yourself in their shoes, build some perspective so we can move forward. And yeah, again, I think literacy is one of the ways to do that. Books are one of the ways to do that. Yes. Thank you so much for this conversation. So many great books um, that I, I know I am going to add to our you know, library here at home. And I hope that you know, many of those who are listening will do the same. And I hope we can do this again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. This has been so much fun. And thank you for everyone who's who's listened in. So um, I, I also wanted to say that I, if they're interested in learning more about me, I've got a website. It's yeah. just www.janaebrownwood.com. I'm on Twitter. I'm not on Facebook at the moment, but I will be back on Facebook. And so if they're interested in knowing more about me and my work, I mean, reach out. Awesome. And that's yeah, exactly what I did. And you were so responsive. I am so thankful for that. And um, yes, My pleasure. check out and I'll have links to the different resources and websites on Changing the World website as well. So thank you. That sounds fantastic. <laughs> yes. Bye-bye. Oh, bye-bye. Thanks. for listening to Moms Changing the World with host Akua Walker. The information shared on this show is meant for educational purposes only and not intended as a substitute for medical intervention or professional therapy. All views shared on the show are that of the speakers only and do not represent any institution. To be a part of the community, visit www.momschangingtheworld.org. There you'll find ways to connect with and support the moms we interview. Join us next time for more encouragement and support to be a mom changing the world, one child at a time, one day at a time. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Thanks for listening.